This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there, Billy The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Ho, 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 and happy new year. This Yuletide period where town fans were visited by Father Christmas who produced six points from his magic sack, but the Christmas cheer turned to New Year's jeers as Town succumbed to a late defeat to high-flying Luton Town. There's a lot to cram in in this episode and stuffed like a Christmas turkey after the eating season. With me today is Richard Kosmala and Dan Pozaporit. You okay, boys? Evening, mate. I had a photo with uh, Terry the Terry there, mate. It meant my... Uh, what's mate, you're 47 that? years yeah. old or something. What's going on there? I know we've got a lot to get through today so we'll, we'll skim through most of these so if anybody wants a a really sort of authentic blow-by-blow breakdown it's probably not going to happen this week because we've got uh, three games to get into a transfer window and all sorts of bits and bats so um, before we go on, uh, thanks to Magic Rock Brewing for continuing to sponsor the podcast going into 2023 uh, same code AHTTC10 will see you get 10% off any online orders uh, with Magic Rock. So uh, use that and uh, get drunk and be merry. Um, right, guys, let's uh, get into Huddersfield Town 1, Luton 2. We'll do this chronologically. Yeah, this Cos is showing his uh, picture there. <laughs> Look at that, right. Cos. Beautiful, isn't it? Great for him, mate. Yeah, day. best thing about it, we got first bus on his thing and there were no bloody buses running today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I've just destroyed you there, mate. Go on. Nah. Uh, okay, like buses, we've got three games to talk about. All came at once, didn't they, over six days. Uh, let's start with 
We'll do it chronologically, starting with the, the most recent game first, because that's the freshest in, in our memories. And that's Huddersfield Town 1, Luton 2. Um, I came away from this feeling a little bit gutted about the game because I felt that we actually deserved something from it. I thought we were pretty good. Uh, Luton, for me, are a very good side. They've improved on last year. Uh, they've lost Nathan Jones, which might catch them out in the end, but replaced him with a decent head coach. Uh, but I thought in terms of shape, discipline, I thought we marshaled them and matched them very well. Um, had the impetus early doors, uh, but you know we deserved the goal at the time, which is sure it was, was great persistence from Kane Kessler-Hayden down the right to uh, feed it to Radoni, who... I think perhaps had a shot, didn't he? Which which was nicely controlled by Dwayne and well finished. Uh, Dwayne Esther back on the score sheet uh, again. Um, but this season's just beset by bad luck, isn't it? Um, and maybe this one's down to maybe bad bad management, really. Not management as such, but um, maybe strategy. And and down to Hoggy's Hoggy's injury. I think there's an argument to say that um, if you've got a midfielder who's been who's having an injury which has been managed then three starts in six days is probably a little bit too much for um, a 34-year-old with a, an ongoing injury to uh, to do. Um, but, you know, you look at the injury and against Rotherham, he was um, down in the last 20s, stretching it quite a lot. But I'm sure Hockey said, you know, if you ask Hockey if he can play, I'm sure 100% sure Hockey will say, yeah, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll do the best I can. And, it was really sort of pivotal. You know, we, I thought we were on top in the game. I thought Hoggy was almost like um, a YouTube, wasn't he, with his games pad controlling everybody around him, wasn't he, organising and, you know, really in his element, really. Um, and him going off really sort of hindered us. Um, I thought the substitution was wrong as well. Um, moving Radoni back into midfield, I, I just didn't agree with at all. Um, I thought Radoni did okay. I think he's he's fine on on the ball in that area. It's it's off the ball and it, it's in that sort of shape where you um, you miss Hog and where Etienne Kamara is is the better option because the the way Fotheringham's playing in this sort of five four one, your central midfielders are more defensive really than attacking. And having Kamara in there as a as that assurance and he he fits well in there better defensively than what Radoni does. Radoni has a tendency to sort of overpress and come out of the shape and get turned a few times, which is not really his fault. It's not his natural position. But so for me, the the more natural substitution would have been to put Kamara there. But you know, it it's almost worked. Um I thought the way that the a section, a small section of Huddersfield fans reacted to Sauber Thomas coming onto the pitch was absolutely pathetic, if I'm honest. Um that under no circumstances should you be booing your own player onto the field before he's even kicked a ball. I just found that absolutely bizarre. Um, and it, it angered me a little bit, to be honest. You know, you're down at the bottom of the league, you're scrapping for points, you need everybody, everybody rowing the boat in the same direction, and there's there's fans booing their own player. It just absolutely baffles me um, what goes through some people's heads. I understand that Sauber's not the most, probably not the most likable of characters sometimes. He's a bit aloof, isn't he? A bit arrogant, but I just didn't understand booing him onto the field, and the people had some real anger with him as soon as he came on around me, which was just utterly bizarre from someone who was a hero not so long since your dance partner Pozzo, um to mm. to go to people just wanting to abuse him um i just found it i just find it really bizarre i found the town fans quite odd today in some areas i thought your guys had a go didn't you getting behind the team but some of them around me just we were one nil up and the the you know 
constantly on the team's back, you know, and every time the ball went backwards or sideways, it going absolutely ballistic at them. And it was a really strange atmosphere up by me. Um, I thought, you know, you're winning 1-0, you're, you're in the ascendancy in the game, keeping the balls paramount. Um, so for them to just absolutely lose it when, you know, you just, if Kane Kessler-Hayden has the ball at right back and he can't see an option to go forward, and he turns it back inside, so we come around the other way and try and go the other side. And there were people absolutely losing it over it. And it was it was utterly bizarre, honestly. It was bizarre. Um, but that's my my little moan over with. Um, but you know, I, I just felt like that substitution wasn't the right one for the right time. Obviously, Mike Fotheringham knows the squad better than I do, and he'll do more in football than I ever will. But it just wasn't wasn't right for me. Was that? But. Um, I thought Town played well. I'll be honest. I, I generally thought overall Town Town were decent and fairly fairly good for a point, if I'm honest. Um, and I, it was a bit of a, a hammer blow that goal at the end for for Luton. Um, Josh Ruffles has been done on both goals, really, hasn't he? Down the down the side, really, for for speed. Um, Will Boyle's not the most. You know, he probably needs a couple more yoga exercises, doesn't he, to to get that next time. And then it's a good finish, and I'm coming away pretty disappointed with that. Um, pause. Um, I, I, I honestly thought that I think the attitude of the players has been better the last couple of weeks. I thought, you know, they're, they're all fighting. I think they're in it. I saw someone today say they've been absolutely no togetherness, and I, I think that's complete nonsense as well. I think, I think there's uh, the togetherness in the squad's improved. I think there's a lot of people really wanting to get Huddersfield Town safe and over the line, and it was just a, it's just a. Just a disappointing end, really. I think Poz has frozen, Cosy, so we'll go to you. Yeah, quite a lot you've covered there, Matt. And, uh, and God, I think I'll come to Sober Thomas last because I had to go at a guy in the South Stand uh, a day with, I'm not going to say a couple of blows, but we were very heated in that as well because uh, it's just incredible. The guy were like, come on, Thomas. He were, he were at it all the time and I thought, just ignore him, ignore him, mate. Come on, Thomas, what are you doing here? What are you do? Bloody, I says, I just turn around, mate. Are you are you other sort Luton fan? Because you want to get in that end if you, you're not. He's, he's wearing until shit. Would you, why, why have you always got an edge? I, I just lost it, Matt, because he's just like, I just don't get it. It's, I think I, I, we mentioned too, we had a couple of swap texts, but that England Wales thing seems to have sparked it, you know, kind of even more. But it was going long before that. But, but yeah, just it was really weird, just kind of moving on, moving back to the game. Uh, as soon as Hog went down, it, it was really weird. I, I don't know where you were, but there were a big kind of real groan. It were like, it just felt to me like, oh, I don't know if we can kind of, that, that just is a huge blow for us. And because part of you thinking, yeah, you know, he's not a, obviously he's a, he's a big player for us, but it were almost as if I don't think we can win the game without Jonathan Hogg. It, it did feel like everybody was uh, kind of just looking at each other, just looking, Oh shit! Kind of the scenario, and and it just panned out exactly that way as, as well. Uh, totally agree with you. Bizarre substitution. Uh, and well, I, was, I, was I think bizarre, bizarre might be hard. Honestly, I think Matt, me, did me you me did he explain his rationality? Because Raj Baines never questioned him on that. He were a little poor interview to go uh, the game, and, and did doggy did doggy kind of question him on it? I didn't get back to the car sadly in time, but I think maybe me saying it was bizarre was probably a bit wrong. I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to get Sauber more, more in the game to stretch them. And Jack Radone is decent on the ball and can play the ball. It's just when you play in a system, which is so um, reliant on discipline and players 
you know, holding a defensive shape, it, it feels more natural to me to have somebody replace mm. like for like, especially when you're winning one nil. I think if we were if it, if we were nil nil or it was later in the game, I'd probably understand the sub more. But for me, it's not what I'd have done. But I'm not a professional manager. You know, you don't want to me, mate. Just analogy. It just it feels like we've been in intensive care for some time, and we've kind of come off. We've come out of it, but we're still very weak. For me, we're still very weak as as individuals. We're not strong enough yet, and and I think. Losing someone like Og just proved it to me, and that as well. And that, quite interesting that obviously you've got the view that we deserved something out of the game. The one thing that struck to me really interesting when Liam Wobshall uh, tweeted the team sheet, and I looked at it and thought, Jesus Christ, the quality they've got on their bench compared to ours. And I'm thinking, this is a team that we beat twice at home, obviously back in the last season, the the, the Russell goal, and obviously the infamous playoff. Uh, Win and it just felt like I mean we know it anyway. Look at the tables; they've gone in the fifth, haven't they, with that win? But it just felt like wow, they've really strengthened. They've got options on their bench. I think Fotheringham did mention that on his interview out there, you know, that, that and obviously came on and scored. So you can't argue with that. Thanks, uh, Bradford. I know it's a double, uh, double there. Uh, but yeah, I, I just looked at that. Thought, oh my days, you know, they're better quality. But yeah, the game started well. They they, they had a big chance, didn't they? Uh, early doors. Uh, I don't know, that were a great save on it from Nichols because he got round so easy round it. That, that, that is a, a real issue and obviously coming out with the goals, but the way the teams are getting around is too easy, don't they? You know, we, we're not blessed with saving pace, are we, Matt, at the kind of the back, but we've got to be clever. We've mentioned before Healy, how he's kind of really clever as a defender. He's not, he, again, he's not the most quickest, but he just kind of knows where to be, but I just think teams are targeting us on that left-hand side and it's uh, it's a massive issue for me that that for us and well anyone is there for all to see. But I've got to be honest that I just it just comes down to that quality word again, mate. And I just thought again, who's going to come? You, you know, we obviously yeah, he worked against Preston North End when he uh, when we when we made the change. But like today, you're just like kind of relying on the academy guys, and they've got their their quality there to come on and do it and. That's the big thing for me. I just thought quality won the day. Yeah, we might have been worth the point, Matt, but I just, it was all about hanging on, one it, in that second half to me, rather than anything. No, I, th- I thought when Kamara came on, I thought we were the better side again. I thought yeah. once once Kamara came on and we got more of a grip in midfield, I thought we were decent again. I don't think Luton offered much second half. I, I really don't. Um, they had a free kick, didn't they, which was straight down Nichols' throat. But apart from that, did they did they do anything? Not, no. not really. Um, there might have been a bit, a bit sharper on the ball, but uh, but well, neither well, did we really, did we? We didn't offer much either. But I just thought well, the we're very limited, was, mate. That's the fair. reality. But we're that we're just limited as a team. But the system, the system does that as well. The five-four-one that Fotheringham's playing is obviously designed first and foremost to make us tight. It's just the the issue is we do ship chances, and we will ship chances because of a lack of pace on that left-hand side, and we've seen. We saw Watford exploit it several times, you know, to get sort of mm-hmm. between Boyle and Ruffles. Uh, we've seen, saw Preston do it a couple of times. Um, Rotherham's best opportunities came through that area. Uh, and and again today, um, it's it's all sort of coming down that side at the minute. Um, and I think teams are starting to perhaps target it. Um, Pause, are you, are you with us? You seem to have frozen on... No, mate, I'm still here, yeah. I'm here. Okay. Uh, jump in, pause then at this time. Um I, I think some of that feels a little bit negative, but I, I don't think it should be. I thought 
to be honest, the performance was was good for me. And I, I, I don't think I could say, you know, I I couldn't pick three players that have played badly today. I think one or two maybe have had better games, but other than that, I I don't think we were that bad. I think it was going to be a bit of a strange game today, given it was the third game in a six, you know, six day period. Um, so you know, players are tired; they're, they're getting a little bit leggy. Uh, I agree with what you said earlier, Matt. I think it was a bit of a strange atmosphere all all round. I think it's been a weird atmosphere all season down at Town Ground, if I'm honest. I think I don't know if people get oversaturated with watching top quality football and expect to see it when they turn up at Huddersfield Town <laughs> on a regular basis. And that's no, I, don't think, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone does. Some that, of the really. <laughs> come from, but I think you know, two wins at a two, you do go down with a little bit more maybe expectation and. Um, you know, papering over the crack, cracks is always an expression, you know, that's used in football. And you could argue that, you know, Rotherham were, I know we're going to come on to Rotherham, but they were they were poor, weren't they? So, you know, we've got a win there against a really poor side. And uh, Preston, I don't know what happened to their keeper in sort of last 20 minutes or so, but he seemed to just forget how to play football. They seemed to forget why we're there. And that, that led us to getting, you know, two goals. But, you know, you take the wins as you can. Um, I, I think... To, on today's performance, we were we were good for a point. Um, you know, it kind of swung backwards and forwards. I thought we had probably the better of the first half until Hogg went off, and then they came back into it. Um, they kind of started a little bit stronger second half, and I think you're right, Matt. When Kamara came back, uh, came on, I thought we kind of got a bit of a foothold in the game um, again, albeit you know they ended up getting the winner, but. We, we, I kind of agree with causing the fact that we just lack that little bit of quality, and I think it's something that we've been saying all season. It, it's not new. Um, I, I came away a little bit subdued, but I think that would more down to the fact that we'd won two, and then we, you know, kind of gone back to as old ways of, of losing, especially at home um, after being in a winning position. You know, if someone had said at start these three games, if you, you know, would you be happy with six points? Then you, you, you would have bitten the hand off, wouldn't you? So. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a a bit of a downer to, to come off the back of the three game period with the loss. If the loss had been at the start and then we won the following two, we'd probably all be sat here in a little bit of a different mood. Um, but you know, such is football, and you tend to focus on the last result rather than the you know the previous two. Um, whether or not we can continue and build on those two moving forward is, is another matter. Obviously, January is coming up with players coming and going. I think that'll have a big. Uh, a big scene in where we finish and to be fair I don't think the games against Luton uh, or the teams in positions such as Luton will you know dictate whether or not we survive it'll be more of, more of the games against like your Rotherham's your Hulls um, you know the people that are down there with us um, so although disappointed I'm not sort of distraught with today's uh, today's result as such um, it's just sad that you, you, we couldn't just end the little Christmas period without you know without a defeat but but I'd say if you'd if you'd asked me at start, would I take six from nine? Then yeah, I would have bit in your hand off. You're right, though, Paul. But what the thing I, I'm trying to like kind of appease myself by saying yeah, six points out of nine, and now we're only what are we two off getting out of it, and this that, and the other. But what are you te- so what you're saying to me there, right? This is might be brutal, but because January, February, we're playing everyone there out around us. So you pretty much you're saying to me if we're not kind of out of it by start of March, we are knackered because. To me, there is no evidence whatsoever against a good side that we've got no, we've got any idea how to get a result. And yeah, you can say we stayed in the game at Sheffield, Watford, blah, blah, blah. Preston, the keeper, lost the plot, so I'm not counting them. 
Again, today, a top eight team, to me, the better quality have done us that. I sort of feel a bit downbeat, but I just don't see and the, our window, what's kind of coming up, what, what you're hearing, the vibes and stuff, the, the two, three bits of quality that we get. Yeah, Lawton would be stepping around this, but to, to move Kessler Aiden out, that to me is like like for like at the moment, maybe a downgrade where Kessler Aiden's playing, but it's clear what we need to me, but don't feel like we're going to get it. And I'm just worried that these pressure games that are coming up, well, I mean, what are we going to do? If we go to Wigan, are we happy with a draw there? Or are, are, do we need to get these points piled up? Because I don't see any evidence at all that we're going to do anything against a decent side this season because we just didn't. And, you know, yeah. You well, that's that's the nature point. of being at the bottom of the league, though. The teams at the bottom of the league don't beat the teams at the top. That's just... Yeah, that's happens, you know. uh, <laughs> look like doing it, Matt. I just don't feel we're anywhere near, you know. Well, I, th- I thought we should have had a point today. Um, I think the performance was was decent, but... I mean, did did Luton beat us with a bit of quality or was it a mistake from our point? that Their centre-backs come forward and scored a goal. It's not like they've got a well, seven or eight million rated striker who's turned on a sixpence. And I know it sounds like it's I'm just... like kind of contradicting myself, but like if you think last year when we were good and you could, people used to say, well, where's our quality? But I suppose it's saying that the teams that are up there because they make the least mistakes and stuff. So if you can kind of, I mean, I might, you can shoot me down here, but it's almost like, Quality is not making mistakes in a way, but I know what you're trying to say. But it's like it's a, tight, it's a tight league, though, isn't it? Because apart from Burnley and Sheffield United, I think I looked at the day in between. I think it was third and fourteenth. There were three points, so we, we. I don't know if we keep talking about having that little bit of quality, but everybody's of a very similar quality. And I think you've just hit nail on head there, Cosley. I think maybe it's not going to be a quality that gets a team up or you know stay in this league. It's going to be the team that makes the least mistakes that that leads to goals. Um, that's pretty much it isn't it that's what that's our plan isn't it and you know stay tight don't make mistakes and nick things that's uh that's been what we've been trying to do for the last two seasons i think that's the thing matt i find that hard to handle and and that's just reality i've got to get that in my head because it's like we had as different we had qualities last year obviously set pieces you know a lot of other things that we were doing quality moments quality players and stuff and i think I'm finding it hard to handle that. And you are right that it's going to be these eight games against the Bristol Cities, uh, you know, Olds, etc. And it just feels when you're so helpless against the other teams and stuff. I, I just feel like you're going to go to these games. And Preston was such just such a weird one. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we were just like, this season, I, I can't remember at any point against a good side that we've looked anything like. We've, we've only in games with Blackburn. Yeah, we couldn't, should have. Acceptable. I just feel we ain't got the weapons to trouble these guys, and it does worry me that you know Blackpool, Wigan, that they're going to have to look at it against us. I think we've got to be like. So it'll be interesting now how the games pan out. Whether it'll be, you know, whether we'll just go there for a job because I, I'm worried. I, I just think we need to be going to these places to try and win because I just don't see. I get today. I just maybe mentally in my head, I'm just a bit different. But I just thought, right, here we go. Two games we've won, yeah, a bit fortuitous, etc. The good games we're playing a good, good side. The battered QPR away. Let's see what we've got. But I suppose in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, what if Og stays on and ruffles? And so maybe it's not a clean cut as I, I'm thinking, but it is. It's just a frustrating time to be a town fan because I knew we won't win today. I knew it. I just knew it. I knew it. Well, let's let's stay on track. Um... So, uh, uh, well, when you talk about weapons, Cosy, one of those is, is Sauber Thomas, isn't it? And he's not really hit the heights this season, has he? He's, he's still up there in terms of chances 
you know, in terms of creating chances. Um, at one point, he was the top chance creator in the league earlier this season. I think he's still sort of in the top four or five at the minute. But And there was one crossing today which just needed a, a touch, wasn't it, from Helic? And I thought we'd scored at one point. I think I made a bit of a tit of myself because I, th- I think he whipped a ball in from, from wide, a free kick, and I jumped up thinking we'd scored. And it got <laughs> cleared. And it just got cleared out, and I just looked a complete bell end because yeah, I thought well I'd nestled in the corner. Out. I know it would give it another line, but what a clearance that was. I know it did matter. I know it was a bit of a bit of a shame, wasn't it? Hey, Pause is on the move. Look, Thundercats. Um, I know he's gone now. He's back. <laughs> it's every every week, isn't it? We have issues oh, with pause. Here he is. But anyway, anyway is. look at him. Looks like challenge Annika. Uh, but yeah, so I think what we'll do is we'll talk about the games and we'll mention a couple of players and how important they've been recently to the run that we've been on. And um, I think you can't really overlook Jonathan Hogg, can you? In in terms of his importance lately I think Hoggy Hoggy may it's it's a difficult one to talk about because there are times where Hoggy gets caught square he gets skinned um, <laughs> he's not as fast as what he was but in terms of organisation leading you know this is why they call him the general isn't it because in terms of his, his leadership and today you could see the game was being run by Jonathan Hogg he didn't have the ball but he was barking orders for where everybody needed to be and you can see why Mike Fotheringham loves him as well because you know, he takes what Mike Fotheringham tells him and and delivers it on the pitch and makes sure other people are delivering on the pitch. And he keeps standards really high. And even if he's not having the best game himself, you know, he gets criticised, doesn't he, for making a mistake and then blaming someone else for it and stuff. And that's one of the reasons why we love Jonathan Hogg, isn't it? Um, but he, I think lately, you know, he's come back into the team and it's just his, it's just the organisation he brings, isn't it? And all of a sudden we look like a tough team to beat when Hoggy's on the pitch rather than, you know, no one's going to walk through that midfield because if they walk past Jonathan Hogg, he's just going to clip them, clip their ankles, isn't he? And sort of, yeah, take his yellow card like he did against Rotherham, where he took, I think it was like three goals, didn't he? Three goals. <laughs> and then he had three goals at him and got booked and then blamed Mikhail Hellick. It was brilliant, that. It was, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's, I think Hoggy's been great lately. Uh, um, we just hope that this injury isn't too, too bad. Obviously, leave him out the FA Cup game against Preston don't don't waste Jonathan Hogg in, in, in that game if he's not right but for me he if we're to stay up this year Hoggy is massively important I know he's people are sort of starting to think you know maybe we need to get a replacement and I think long-term Kasumu is is going to be that you know Hogg 2.0 maybe but Hogg's knowledge and his know-how and his you know how he gets about the pitch how he G's other people up and how he galvanizes everybody around him he's just so important and um i can't really speak highly enough of how he's done that when he's come back into the side you know there's all the rumors about falling out etc with fathering him and he's he's come back out and he's and he's been fathering him's general so i don't think you can really give um hoggy any any sort of negativity i think he's he's been great and uh and you know like i said pause uh hopefully the injury isn't too bad and he can uh carry on where he's left off because he's uh he's going to be really key for the rest of the season 100 percent, mate i remember suggesting on here that maybe he shouldn't have been given a contract when his last contract were out but you know looking back on that now that were uh, incredibly wrong <laughs> so i'll hold my hands up on that one and say you know i got that one wrong because he is when he's on when he's on the pitch you saw today the influence that he had didn't you know clear to see that after he'd gone off you know we kind of didn't have that leadership role on on the pitch, like when he's there, um, as much as good as Tom Lee's and, and maybe Lee Nichols are as captains, uh, I think Hogg just commands that 
you know, that instant respect from everybody. And, you know, you could see when we had a corner, we were kind of like telling who to go forward, who to go back, people where to stand and all that sort of stuff. And when you're in, you know, the kind of position that we're in, you, you do need someone like that, you know, out there. So as you say, fingers crossed, this this injury is not as, um, it's not a bad one. And, you know, he'll be back and, and, and on the pitch and, and doing all they can, I'm sure, to uh, keep us in this league. Well, uh, one they yeah, just the collective feel around the stadium once Og had gone down and that classic kind of you know signal that I need I'm gonna come off and he put his armband yeah. the arm on the way. They just felt a, it just felt an an air of bollocks, you know, almost like we're in trouble here. And it's almost mm. like they seized on it. It was just really weird. It shouldn't really happen like that, should it, for a 34-year-old to be so influential, but he still is, mate, isn't he? And uh, I just felt at that moment that everything, it was going to be really difficult to just win the game once he walked off. And it's bad, really, when you think that, but that's it, that's just how he still is for us. Yeah, we've not got that light-for-light light replacement, have we? I think, I know we we kind of touched on it with the sub, but I'd probably just brought Kamara on and just left it left it how it was, um, you know, formation-wise. And, you know, maybe if we had to do any rejigging, then, you know, maybe look to do it at half-time. But, yeah, he's a, he's a massive Mrs. Oggy for... For anybody, um, you know, let alone us who were who were kind of sort of struggling. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right because I think when a player like that goes off, other team will know that he's one of our main players as well, and it probably gives them a little bit of a, a lift as well. Um, but yeah, he's one of those. If he's injured, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to deal with it, aren't we? Yeah, and another player as well, uh, Tom Lee's cosy. Um, there was a, an absolute mega block in the first half from Tom Lee's where he came flying out and threw everything at it. Um, Tom Lees is back on form, isn't he? Um, he's been really solid, I think, now for since maybe just before the World Cup. I think, you know, he's played himself back into form. Him and Helic have developed a good understanding. And for me, Tom Lees, again, another key player, another organizer at the back. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's more of a quiet organizer, isn't he? That, uh, you know, not quite like Hoggy, who you can see barking orders left, right, center. But, for me, Tom Lee is an, again another absolutely massive player for us, and he thankfully has has picked up um, from where you know maybe from where he was last season because um, he had a bit of a blip, didn't he, at the start? But for me, he's back and as well, and you know absolutely nothing's coming from his side for me at the minute because um, Tom Lee is is key, and you'll have obviously seen a lot of him stood in the south stand today as well. You know that's your side, isn't it? Where Tom Lee is, and again. I can't really fault any anything either that he's he's done recently. No, him and Elik have been fantastic, mate. I'm, I kind of don't, well, maybe what out in Elik a little bit, but uh, yeah, they've been absolute rocks, really. And, and to me, Kessler Aiden, and I know Fotheringham holds it on a little bit with his interviews, but maybe a little bit. But that these experienced pros, you know, like that 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 he's got, they can only help some of these young guys that we've got there as well. But what a signing, yeah, fantastic, and that's the thing that I just. I get he wants to have everyone available and I keep getting Matty Pearson this, that, and they'll every single interview, but I'm not sure where Matty Pearson comes into it, to be quite honest with you, mate. When he's, uh, I think if, if Pearson's fit for me, he replaces Boyle. Uh, Boyle, yeah, probably. It's but, simple, isn't it, really? Not, I mean, as much as, as well as Will Boyle's done, there were moments today where you just thought, yeah, you know, yeah. Matty Pearson's there, it's a different, it's a different situation and... Uh, I think for me, once Pearson's back, you, you take you take Boyle out. I don't think Boyle probably were ever bought to start every single game this season. I think he were bought as a, you know, as a backup to one of the three. Should should uh, Helic 
Lee's or, or Pearson be injured. And, you know, he's done all right since he came in, but as soon as Pearson's back ready for me, he comes straight back in. Yeah. Um, just looking at Luton's bench, I'm just trying to work out who Cosy was terrified of on the bench. Cameron Jerome. I mean, Bree was Petit. playing on it. Bree, Bree! He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quality, isn't he, James Bree? I comment, mate. No way to be seen, wasn't he? Like, coming on. <laughs> Poundland, Josh Gre- uh, Poundland Jack Grealish, isn't he? Harry Cornick with his floppy hair. But yeah, decent enough player. But let's move on to, you know, Rotherham. Um, this was massive. Uh, we were billing it, weren't we, in our uh, internal communications group, as you call it, Cosy. This was an absolutely <laughs> ginormous game, whereby if Town lost this, it was the work of Boxing Day was undone. Uh, Rotherham were away. Um, but we, um, the game, pause, you weren't very complimentary about the quality of this game, were you? Which is probably it fair enough. Off, it, was it, bit, it was a bit dour. <laughs> but I think Town were happy enough for it to be dour, you know, that. Oh, I think yeah. I was surprised actually near me. There weren't many grumbles about five four one at home, etc. It was the crowd was a little bit different against Rotherham, but um I thought we did what we needed to do. It was a professional performance, diligent. Um like I say, there's there's always that one we always concede that one chance and we gift that one opportunity and Rotherham missed it where Jamie Lindsay should have scored in the second half mm-hmm. and he, he put it over. Um but even then Jordan Rhodes has had a good opportunity. Rhodes back on the score sheet again, looked decent up front. Um, Kane Kessler-Hayden was, was fantastic down the right-hand side and Radoni was much improved. Uh, you know, recently, I think Jack Radoni's really coming back into his own and we'll talk about him soon. Um, but for me, it was not really enthralling game that we'd have to sit through. I think we'd struggle to make a podcast out of it, wouldn't we? But uh, 2-0 win. Dwayne, Dwayne Holmes with a fantastic goal as well to start start it off, you know, good bend and swerve in off the post. Great goal from Dwayne. Um, good uh, good to see him back on form as well. And then then Rhodes finishes it off. And, you know, a nice calm finish from Jordan Rhodes as well. Beautiful. And he and, and he's, you know, having Jordan Rhodes back in back in the groove is good. And I, I, I tweeted something earlier because it surprised me. It actually surprised me to see that Jordan Rhodes has scored more goals already this season than he did through the entirety of last season. Um, it, it surprised me to to see he only got four last season roads because you think of you only really sort of think of the end of the season don't you where mm. he, he sort of had that run and scored against Middlesbrough and Luton and Barnsley and what have you but no he, got, he only got four goals last season and this year he's got six um, he's averaging a goal every 190 minutes this year perhaps obviously gone up after today um, but a goal every 258 minutes last season his expected goals last season was 4.7 overall and this year it's 4.3 so Rhodes is actually scoring goals where maybe you wouldn't have expected him to score whereas last year he was probably missing one or two you would have expected him to score so um, fair play to Jordan he's stepping up as well Um, it's always good to have a bit of a club legend isn't it you know and and he's slowly slowly pushing towards that 100 and it's just wondering whether he can actually make it there before maybe he's, he's moved on at some point but It'd be great when it paused to see Jordan Rhodes with 100 goals for Huddersfield. Yeah, time. I think I think he's on 97, so he's got just got the three to get. So you know, if we can keep him all season, then hopefully he'll he'll do that. Because as you say, Matt is is from his first time uh, at town probably more than you know his return. He were he were an absolute legend. One is the, the amount of goals that he scored back then were unbelievable, really. And for me, he never really went on to, to sort of fulfil his potential. I think the the style of football changed a little bit, and, and maybe yeah. you know, I didn't didn't get his um, 
the way that Rhodes plays kind of went out went out of fashion, shall we say, um, in regards to in regards to football. So he probably never really is his full potential, which would have shame. But you know, obviously he's come back and he's, he's scored some important goals this season. And I think it's important to mention not only his goals but his his kind of all round contribution. Certainly against Rotherham, I thought his hold up play were 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 fantastic. He, he made a couple of lovely kind of like round the corner type passes out, you know, yeah. his feet and then kind of chipped them wide. Uh, on, on a couple of occasions and the, the only thing that lets Rose down and he, he once he's made that great ball he's not really got the pace to then spin and, and get on to the end at cross because he's you know he's, he's never been blessed with pace and I, I sometimes look at how we set up and I think if we are playing Rose up there do we set up to play to Rhodes strengths and at the moment I, I don't think we do particularly you know Rhodes if you think back to his his early days when we had Pilkington and um and Roberts kind of whipping balls into in and around penalty area. Rhodes got so many, you know, little flicked headers and you know snapshot finishes. And I, I don't think that we play a style of football that replicates that really. And I, don't, I think we are kind of not getting the best out of Rhodes due to that. Uh, I know it's, it's kind to, of you need to get bodies forward, don't you, for Jordan Rhodes? Yeah, you need you need almost like two out and out wingers. It needs to almost be four four two. Um, we need people through the middle as well to, to take the sort of the focus off of him, so he can move mm. and do his thing in the box as well, don't you? Can I don't think you can play him through the middle by himself and expect to because the two no, defenders need... would gravitate towards him, wouldn't they? So you kind of need someone to go through the middle and Jordan just to pull away and and he did yeah, that, and I think that we did that well like against him. Rotherham. Yeah, someone like Holmes could kind of almost play in that 10. And it would be interesting to see Rhodes up front with maybe Simpson as well, because the, if you're playing two centre-halves, the, the bigger, more physical player would naturally be attracted to Simpson just because of his sheer size. And would that leave a little bit more space for Rhodes? I think that'd be an interesting combination for you know for 90 minutes um, and just give give the defenders something else to think about rather than just where Jordan Rhodes is. But um, yeah, just, just coming back to overall Rotherham, as you say, Matt, I weren't overly impressed with the... With either side, really, I think Rotherham were worse than us, rather than us being better than them. If that makes sense, and they looked a team that were, you know, devoid of any sort of confidence or any sort of idea, really. And it were a nice game to have after the Preston match, um, because it was, as Cosy was saying, it it was a big game. And if you know, if we hadn't won that, uh, you know, we we would be really struggling because they would have pulled away. Whereas we us getting the win obviously gave us the three points, and I think it dragged them kind of, you know, back into it. And now they're looking over their shoulders at us. So a massive win. And, and really, in those situations, you're not that bothered about the quality of the match as long as you get get the three points, which which we got. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think we want to certainly get carried away with. Um, and, and that kind of feeds into what we saw today, maybe from the crowd uh, in regards to the performance and people getting on, on the backs to just see two wins and suddenly expect everything to be so much better than what it is. But, you know, we are where we are because we're, we are a poor side. Um, but yeah, over a, we got the win, didn't we? And that's all that mattered. I think a lot of it, again, is psychological in football. I, I went kind of listened to a bit of Radio Sheffield on uh, Boxing Day and they lost a, a massive player, probably for the season, Ben Wiles. Uh, and they were beating Stoke with like 10 minutes ago and our uh, good friend Lee Peltier put through his own net to get Stoke a 2-2. And you know what? It's like that morale thing when they, I think they've won 3-14 and 14 or 2-14 and 14 when... Paul, obviously Paul Warren's gone. I mean, let's get let's not be around the bus. This team won at Bramall Lane uh, under Paul Warren when they had that great start to the season, weren't they top ten? And you know, I thought they were better than us in, in the game uh, when they beat us as well early on in the season. And I think it will kind of ships crossing. And the one thing that I kind of 
well, God, it was only less than a week ago. I'm thinking, are there really three worst teams in Huddersfield Town? And, and I, I've, I've always thought they were. Then I totally changed my mind. I thought they won't. But when you look at Rotherham, and then when you think what they can bring in and, and kind of stuff there, they look a team that pretty much doomed, obviously, being battered today at Millwall. And, yeah, I kind of walked away. As, win at all costs with, with that game, really, to be honest, Pause And if they brought it, their fans were amazing. Like, sell out away and... We were walking down with some of them into town and they were just like, they just accepted it. I think they just know what, what they are to coin the, the champ. And mm. you know, they knew it was going to be an hard season. They, you know, obviously, they had a good start. They lost the main man in charge of the club. And uh, yeah, they were kind of that sense of, yeah, we're knackered kind of thing. But it's what they do, isn't it? They go up and down, a bit like Barnsley as well. But it's it was just a win-at-all-cost game. But, but again, it's just weird, isn't it? Because... You, Again, you sometimes stuff in Championship don't work out. You're thinking, yeah, we won a Boxing Day and amazing late turnaround. Yeah, obviously that game there where they should have won, didn't get that win. And so, but some of it don't make sense. But actually, that game did make sense, to be honest with you, as well. Uh, kind of improving other seals against a team in a, in a lot of shit to me. Uh, Mikhail Hellick, uh, we talked about Cosy. I think if we stopped the season now and people said, who is your player of the season? I, I genuinely think. Uh, for me, Mikhail Helic would be right up at the top. I think he's he's been low key, very good for quite a while now. Um, and it's, I think what we're saying in the in the group chat, weren't we? Once you get used to his sort of ungainly yeah, running, and style, he looks, he's a little bit like um, yeah. Johnny Vaughan, isn't he? In Pirates of the Caribbean, all over the place. And <laughs> um, once 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 you get used to that, he's actually very good. And I thought it was very very good again today, stepping out with the ball. Um, a lot of good interceptions as well today. And for me, Mikhail Hellick's been outstanding really for the last, you know, a couple of months. Um, and, you know, he's looking, he's looking a very good signing. Mm. I know people have a town's transfer business, don't they? But I don't think you can say much, much no. wrong about this one, Cos. Well, it's obviously I, I was a little bit earlier on in the season, but you made a good point, Matt, in that you didn't feel that he was fully fit. And, uh, You've been proven right, to be honest with you, because mm. every single game that he's, he's played afterwards, he looks a leader. I often wonder, I mean, obviously, Levi Cole last season, if we had a bit of a pacey, pacey guy in the back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cozzy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Three, I think they contemplate, we've kind of got three with similar pace really and it's shown in some of the games against the decent teams with the pace strikers, Watford for example, where they've They've really got behind him, but it's really weird. He just seems to be really old school, Matt, where these games where you're thinking he's beaten, the, the centre-forward's got past him, and then all of a sudden he'll, he'll make an amazing last tackle or he'll throw his body in front of something. He, there's times where I thought, oh, no, he looks done here, and he'll just get there. And, yeah, I'm, obviously the Barnsley fans were like, number of messages I got 
what a play, you've got a beauty player there, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, mm, I don't, I'm not sure I'm seeing this. How we are now, we're seeing with the guy that they told us we were going to get. And uh, I just wondered, Matt, Matt, whether that, obviously not getting selected for the World Cup has maybe put a bit of even more fire in his belly. But he, uh, yeah, he's really, really a good player. And again, at the moment, classic town syndrome for me. I'm just thinking, if this is uh, going to be, you know, if he carries on like this, is it again? Is it another one that we're just not going to be able to keep in the summer? Mm, maybe if we go down, but yeah, you know, that's that's the Rotherham game. Let's round up the three games with Preston. Um, I think it's quite quite easily done, Preston. I think you can say the first seventy minutes were pretty turgid, really, from us. Um, one long ball down the middle, Brahima Diara's um, persistence and patience, and. He got in ahead, did well, uh, kept his head to pass it back to Jordan Rhodes, who stuck it at an awkward angle for Freddie Woodman, who didn't do the best. It was a bit like me picking up, picking things up off the floor with my bad back was Freddie Woodman. There. He's, <laughs> he's gone, went down in stages, didn't he? And kind of like went back up and down a couple of times. Oh, oh no. And um, good finish from Rhodes. Uh, and then... We hit the post straight after again, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, Rhodes hit the post and then... All of a sudden, we looked a good side, didn't we, for 15 minutes there. And Jack Radoni, I've, maybe some would say rather harshly, but I've likened Jack Radoni a little bit to Chris Brandon um, this season. And that's because he tends to do an extra trick or take an extra touch when the ball is on to be played in the box. And therefore, his um, his assists and goals tally tends to not be very good because... He tends to overplay, I think, um, but absolutely nothing, absolutely not the case on this one. He went down that, you know, great trick, went down the left-hand side, put a fantastic ball to the far stick, which Woodman, you know, he probably should what stay at home doing? for. Um, I don't know why, I don't understand. I've seen that back, so I fought it at the time live, and I've seen it back, and I just don't understand why he just slides on his knees and leaves it. I think it's the swerve of the ball. It's a great ball that comes in quicker and swerves um, a lot more than maybe he anticipated, and it, mm. it's beaten him. It's just beaten him. Um, and you Kane Kessler-Hayden... watch it back, though, you just, yeah. just, just pick yeah. it up. <laughs> but, but Kane Kessler-Hayden does really well to readjust himself, doesn't he? And there's an angle, if you watch the Access All area, because it looks, it looks, if you watch on TV, like it's just hit him and he falls over and it's gone in. But if you watch it on Access All areas, he actually does really yeah. well to readjust really and play the ball towards goal. It's really good footwork from uh, Kessler Hayden. And, and uh, I think that's a real, um, I was going to, I was shall we use a Mel Boothism, a Philip or a Boone. Those are the two that I used to love, isn't it? But I think it was, I think it's justice really for the performances that he's put in in the last sort of three or four games for Kessler Hayden. I think, you know, he made the debut against Stoke where it was good. Um, his performances dipped after that and didn't, and then he wasn't playing so much and he's come back into the side. And I think not to add fuel to the Sorber Thomas debate or anything, but I think he looks better without Sorber Thomas on that side because both of them like to attack the the flank, the byline and they tend to sort of get in the way of each other a little bit much. And Kessler Hayden can't get forward and do what he does when Thomas is on that flank. And I think with Rodoni there, Rodoni coming in, in field into the half space a bit more allows Kessler Hayden then that freedom to really overlap him. And he's got a player in Radoni, I think who sort of understands him a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really works between them. I know Kessler Hayden wasn't, was on the opposite side to Radoni when, when he got the goal, but 
there's there's a seeds there of a, an understanding and quite a decent little understanding between the pair of them. And um, I think, you know, Kessler Hayden comes out of this Christmas period with really good, really good credit. Good uh, sensations, good. as they say, Matt, in Spain. Good sensations. Uh, you you were say there. sensational all the time, because that's your, it's your catchphrase. Then games you see, one makes two. I, I always say that, one makes two. You were there, Paz. Did you think when we equalised, let's get this point off, whether it's feeling behind that goal, we can win this? Well, how did it feel when, when you scored? Were you happy for the draw? No, I mean, I think you definitely got that feeling. I think Preston crumbled, to be perfectly honest. I think there were a, there were a, a moment just before where um, Preston had gone one-on-one and, and, and missed. Um, and then they had a couple of, sec- couple of minutes later, they had a goal disallowed for offside and I think that were a, that coupled with Diara coming on all kind of culminated in, in like a massive turning point and it, it, once we got that first one mate there were only ever going to be one winner we, we went for it it were it were something that I've not seen all season it were, they were confident they were like like Matt says that run from Rodoni where you know he, he got a defender and whipped that ball in and uh, rode it the post just before we got the second so as soon as that first went in no mate it definitely had that feeling of um, you know, let, let's try and get the win here. Let, let's not sit back. Let's let's go for it. And you know, I take my hat off to him because you know a struggling side would have been well within the rights, really. To you know, a ground where they don't really have much luck uh, historically to to sit back and and try and you know just get the point. But no, we we, we went for it, and I take my hat off to to the you know the management team for kind of for getting them to do that because you, you definitely had that feeling that once that first one went in, the the second were were coming and. You know, I think there were just over a thousand fans there, which is is pretty low, really, for you know a trip to Preston on, on Boxing Day. But you know, everybody that travelled over there because it were it were a horrendous journey. It was it was sleet and snow uh, all the way across. So there were, you know, the fans that, that that made the effort were you know given a, a really good reward. And I don't know, it just had that it had that little bit of a feeling of you know like a proper old school where you got that one and everybody were like come on you know let, let's go for it let's go for it and you know luckily we, we got the second and you know you, you came out almost a little bit shocked really um and obviously followed up with a win at rotherham were were, were really isn't good it, but it's just yeah, weird. But, isn't it weird though like today like rotherham have been battered and they've had a few batterings we've not all season matt's going to pull a result out of here but you know that in the first season when we uh when we stayed, remember with Bristol, we got battered with, um, and Preston, I think we got battered as well. And uh, we, we've never been battered in any game, have we? And, and the games, it's only been lack of quality, really. That's It's such weird for a team that's been in the bottom three pretty much all season. It's, and I think that's what makes it a bit frustrating for me. It's kind of like, there's some games you're thinking, <laughs> this sounds a bit stupid, this, but like, you'd rather be kind of battered than to lose by an odd goal, like at Sheffield United or something like that, because it's just like, and this goal difference is really weird because it's, it, again, minus, well, we're used to that, aren't we, now as town fans, but it's much better than a lot of everyone Everyone else is down there. So it's it's such a surreal season, like you mentioned there, the fan base was and the atmospheres. But I just think the season in general has just been odd. It's really, really odd, mate, because cause if you're not getting battered, you're thinking, well, we're, we're not far away from being a good side, but I think we are far away from being a good side, so... Oh. I think I think to be fair, because like, and you know, I think we've had this discussion, and it's been mentioned on Radio Leeds as well by by you know people calling in. Although the results been close, as in two one or or a one nil, anyone who's actually sat and watched the match will yeah. quite easily see that 
the, the you know every, we've been at arm's length you know you talk about Sheffield United I know like 1-0 and all it takes is a set piece in a corner but they, they I think a lot of teams realise that if they get one against us um, Preston aside generally we don't come back mm. and I think we have a little joke in our little group that you know it's one and done once we concede one we're done um, and I think a lot of teams have have almost worked that out and you, sometimes you think are they actually playing at, at full yeah, tilt you know, yeah. they went up a gear look at Watford you know they kind of went up and you know you could see them maybe inject a little bit more life into the game you know as and when they wanted to really um, so I, I appreciate what you say we've not got bad mm. I do think a lot of teams have worked out that if they do get one against us they, they can almost play at 65 70% and, and see the game out um, because he's quoting Fotheringham isn't he because Fotheringham said that in one of his Presses, didn't he? That that would never get battered. Mm. <laughs> I think because he's been do. listening to Fathering him on tap, hasn't he recently? So <laughs> subconsciously <laughs> in his brain. Yeah. Oh, Seeing clarity and intensity, <laughs> all sorts going on. Credit to his family. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, the Preston game, we, we didn't really mention there, did we, much? I think, Paz, you did. Oh, first win at Preston. Ball, you never get too high when you're, you're winning and you're never too low when you're losing. <laughs> it's it's easy, easy to say for him. Um, but the first first win at Preston since 1969, incredible, isn't it? There's all those managers that have done it and Fotherham's there. Family for that, McCoy. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's... Let's look at some players. So Ken Kessel Hayden's one we, we've talked about who's been excellent and Jack Redoni as well. Um, like I said, I mentioned Jack Redoni. He's, he's looked, he's improved. He's kicked on a couple of levels, hasn't he? Um, in the last couple of weeks, Ken Kessel Hayden's kicked on a couple of levels as well. Um, there's more people stepping up to the plate, I think, now, which gives me a little bit more faith that we can stay in this league because I think you look back to pre-World Cup and there was there weren't many were they stepping up you know in terms of players there were maybe a couple going through the motions and now you all of a sudden you've got I thought Lee Nichols was excellent today by the way against Luton I thought his command of his box was really good he was really sharp off his line um, Nichols is, is is still at it Helic, Tom Lees uh, Kane Kessler Hayden Dwayne Holmes Jordan Rhodes you know Radoni all these players are stepping up now they're playing for the manager Matt aren't they yeah they're I think I think so yeah. they're not playing for that's just bollocks no, I think, the I, think I, I think at one point I think that might have been the case, but I don't think it is now. Um I think they're playing for the I think they are playing for him. I think they're playing for the club. I think they're playing for each other. I think I think the issue really is that we're low in confidence and we don't have I know you keep going on about quality, etc. Cosy. I think we do have quality. I just don't think we have quality in terms of creating chances out of nothing. Um Sorba does the set piece thing, although his set pieces were a little bit off it, weren't they, today? But um, I think we've got quality in defence in Helic and Lees and Nichols. Uh, midfield, I think Kamara's potentially got a lot of quality there. But and Kasumu was excellent, by the way, against Rotherham as well. I like David Kasumu was fabulous in yeah, midfield no, against Rotherham. Um, but it, it's that it's up front, isn't it? It's going forward. Uh, the area which got highlighted in the summer and, and wasn't really addressed. Um, not, not I suppose, not to how. We would have hoped uh, we do miss Danel Sanani. I don't think anyone would have thought we'd be saying that, would they, when we let him go in the summer? You know um, what, though, Matt, a Norwich fan, my, my mate Susan Caddy says, you don't even notice he's playing half at games. And, and no, that's Sanani, though, isn't it? He says yeah. they get frustrated with him, but it's exactly like how he waffled us. 
Yeah, he used to just his pressing was quite good off the ball and stuff, but he would disappear, wouldn't he? Then all of a sudden it'd be him yeah. putting that decent ball yeah. in the box, yeah. wouldn't it? And popping up in a decent area. But I'd, I'd take him back in a heartbeat, Sinani. Uh, you said though, Matt, we went through and you said a million and you said no. So are you changing your tune? I'd have taken half a million if I thought the release fee for him was half a million, I'd heard, but I think they said it was one and you a half or two. Or better, yeah, I remember you saying it, mate. We yeah, I thought for two for two million. I thought we could have done, but for half a million, no. But it is what it is. Uh, we d- we haven't really replaced that, have we? Uh, Scott Ibach, Matt. What do you think he could do a job? Is that just clutching at a straw, thinking a playmaker? Uh, I don't think now is the time for more young players in no, midfield. These these sort of players have obviously. I think we need an experienced playmaker, don't we? Really, in midfield, I think we lack that. Um, hockey's hockey's great, but I, I think we need Barry, more. Barry, Barry, oh. Yeah, well, someone <laughs> like that would be perfect. Not like they? Yeah, <laughs> maybe not now. Maybe maybe <laughs> someone like him. But yeah, I, th- I think we we can move on, can't we, to the transfer window and stuff. Um, by the way, three games this time we played at half time against Preston. Uh, town were cut adrift at the foot of the table by seven or eight points. I can't remember if it was seven or eight, and we looked knackered. I think it were eight, Matt. I think. I yeah, I think it was eight points, wasn't it? Uh, and then at three thirty today, we were sat in twentieth. It's, it's crazy, oh. isn't it? But I, I think that's that. That's why there's reason for for positivity. But you know, it's going to be a long slog to the end of the season. But I, I do think we can we can hopefully push up to uh, to that area. But you know, the transfer window. Yeah, um, no, Matt, the, the problem is there when you when you say that that pretty much every other club. In league will be thinking the same, you know, get to January, bring in this sort of player and we'll probably be all right. And I do believe that um, in January that it will be the teams that do the best business. Yeah. And, um, look in, in that period and get the, you know, the players that they want that'll, that'll pull away and, and likewise at top, you know, that'll well, some, you can be it's, such a, it's such a crazy league, you know, you, you're looking at it and, you know, we've, we're we're on twenty five, and I think we were only eleven points off at playoffs at one point. You know, today, yeah. uh, and we've been absolutely rhubarb all season, haven't we? Um, so it won't take much for someone down there to to pull away, and I don't think it'll take much for someone above to to get dragged into it. So, Pause, though, I think that's it. Is that that ain't enough. That ain't enough, mate. Especially if kids get slid and goes. No, I don't, I'm not suggesting we've got enough with what we've got. Certainly. No, I'm just saying that it feels like that's all we're going to do. Based on the vibes. Well, what we know is Florian Camberi, Camberi, whatever it is, Camberi, Camberi, he's coming in. Um, there's probably going to be international clearance on that one. So you know how UEFA are so slow, aren't they, every time we put something through. So whether it's done in time for Preston, who knows? Um, Matt Lowton as well on loan from uh, Burnley is apparently pretty much done and dusted. Um I don't really think Matt Lowton. Matt Lowton's good experience. You know, you've got that know-how there, but I think with the form King Kessler Hayden's in and Tilt's only about three or four weeks away as well. Two it seems does that indicate that Hayden's going back though if we're signing a fullback? You know, I don't know. There were there were murmurs that King Kessler Hayden might go back at one point, but What's crap It'd be a shame, I think. Can we can we move him better on or is that what's going on there with that? Uh, I don't know. I hmm. think it just depends. I don't know the details but um it, it probably just depends on the break clause and if there is a break clause with uh and betty at man city but i would imagine man city is struggling mate they see that goal <laughs> yesterday they conceded uh, get him back <laughs> get him back um, 
<laughs> yeah, so Kaberi, Lowton are in. Uh, Kaberi, we've, we've talked about before on the podcast. I, I don't really see that being the answer to our prayers, if I'm, all, if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Give everyone a chance, don't you? Um, but on his past record, I'm not. I'll probably take some convincing. <laughs> it, it's a clean slate, but I think I've got a healthy dose of scepticism on uh, on that one. But it does sound like we need to move players out. Like the least of our needs in it. Let's be honest. We need to, we need no, people moving forward. I'm really, going to I'm going to slightly disagree. I think on on that. Um, I think Ashley Barnes was mentioned, but I think that ship's probably sailed on Ashley Barnes. But I I, I would think I think if you look at our weak areas in the team at the minute. I think Will Boyle and Josh Ruffles are probably the areas where I think if you would say you could bring someone in and replace them, I think you would probably say left back, left centre back, or if they go to yeah, a back four, maybe left back. Because um, I think, like you said earlier, Will Boyle's expected to be backup, wasn't he really? But So I think left back is an area of concern, more so than right back. Um, I, I think attacking wise... Um, like we say, we we need to, you know, Blackpool are apparently going to re-sign Josh Bowler and that's a massive, massive signing for for them. But, um, you know, somebody like that for us would have been ideal, really. Um, we do need someone who can attack and go forward and threaten and, and have have the opposition scared shitless. That's what we need, isn't it, Cos? Because that's what you're, you've been on about in terms of quality. When you that's look the thing at with the modern us, I don't think anybody there. scares, nobody in our team scares anybody, do they? It sounds um, bad, does this? But Ruffles, I, I don't I hate character assassinating someone. But here we go. But you know what? Oh, I, I don't see a lovely block. Lovely block. <laughs> Matt, I just don't see. You know, like you always think. Well, at least he's good in the air, or he's good on the ground. He's quick. He's good going forward. I just don't see anything. I don't see anything. And the fact that Carlos never played him at all last season, fairly rare. I think he played a couple, didn't he? But I think that said it all. I, it's really bad. I, it's so frustrating because. It's teams are cottoning on it. To me, that's number one priority. That mate, left back. Yeah, for me, it's it's high up there. Um, ben Jackson's interesting because as a wing back, I quite like Ben Jackson. Um, he asks questions, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets forward it, defensively. I think it's all about all about defence, though, isn't it? And Ben Jackson's not very strong defensively. Uh, so I think Fotheringham wants us to be strong at the back, doesn't he? So uh, I, I'd like to see similar to Kessler Hayden on the left, you know, someone with a lot of pace that can stretch teams and get forward and, and do things. Um, it's going to be very mm. difficult, isn't it, to find it, but somebody like that would be ideal for me. I don't really think, if Matty Pearson and Ollie Turton are back relatively sharpish, I don't think there's a need for another centre-back, especially in a, a three. Um, I think we're okay. there. You look in the middle of the park and, You've got Hoggy. I still don't think we've got much of a playmaking number eight there who can get on the ball and dictate things. We've not had that for a, a while, really. Uh, and then up front, we don't have that player who makes the opposition fans shit themselves, do we? And, and you, you know, Pat Jones has got the potential to do that, but he's young, um, raw. You can't really rely on kids that struggle, you know, that have not really done it yet. Although I think he's going to be a great player, I think, in future. But we just need somebody that's going to scare the opposition and push teams back. Um, and for me, we, we're just two or three short, really. Um, and I think if we can do that, then we've got a very good chance of moving forward. But I think you're right, Paz. I think it's, you know, if Blackpool go out and sign the likes of Morgan Rogers and Josh Bowler as they're doing, then 
Blackpool all of a sudden look a different proposition completely, don't they? And we go there in a couple of weeks and, you know, if, yeah, if they're that, signing players like that, they're going to be quite buoyed by it. And, you know, we, I think, we can't, I think things, I think we can't things sleepwalk into relegation pause. That is the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think things behind the scenes are probably massive, obviously massively affect what happens in in January. If you had a a long, a long-term owner or somebody who wants to be a long-term owner in charge, they would probably look at this in a totally different way to maybe the way that, you know, Hoyle and Hodgkinson are looking at it because, you know, they were, uh, you know, if you're thinking of being a town owner for however long moving forward, you would speculate to try and keep us in championship because obviously the, the monetary value coming into the club after that um, is massive compared to, to maybe League One. So you would maybe risk that half a million pound, a million pound on one, two, you know, maybe three players. Well, but, if we if we get relegated, pause, how much is the club going to, how much is selling the club going to say? Yeah, like, that he's going to lose 20 million on the price of the club, isn't he? So, so yeah, that's they're in a bit of a, you know, conundrum, aren't they, really? Because you get the feeling that Hoyle is trying to reduce running costs. So do you let players go who maybe are on, you know, higher wages to reduce those costs so you don't have to keep pumping the money in that you don't really want to or do you keep them and put more money in a hope that you that you stay up and then if you don't you know it's, it's a waste of money again in it and then does that debt go onto the books or is it written off you know there's, there's a lot to think about isn't there and potential owners if I were thinking about buying Huddersfield Town now I would be hanging on me and I would definitely be waiting until the end of this season before even getting anywhere close to, you know, putting my money on the table. Because as you say, the value of the club, if we go down, suddenly drops dramatically. Probably halves, so, doesn't it? Probably halves. Yeah, it's not just a case of we need to stay in the division for, you know, the, the sake of this season. Do we need to stay in the division for the, the longevity of Huddersfield Town Football Club? And I think people underestimate how much going down will hurt Huddersfield Town. You know, you see comments of, you know, if we go down, it'll be a, it'll be a good chance to reset. You know, I've seen potential. I, I just can't get over how much. Era. I think that's absolute yeah. bollocks. That. <laughs> yeah, I think it's people in an bollocks. ideal world, probably like when we came out of Premier League, you know, we'll go down and we'll, you know, at least we'll be winning some and all that sort of stuff. And that, you know, you fall into that trap. And don't get me wrong, I've kind of flirted with that idea myself. And I think these young players that we were chatting about, would that be a better level for them to come in? But I also think. Are they even or would we sell them for League One? Do you know what I mean? And then we go, we end up struggling again. And I think Cosy's called it right, and Cosy, you know, feel free to come in on this, mate. But you've used the phrase that a lot of town fans feel like we've completed football, and at the moment, that's maybe where this kind of apathy feeling is because we, we've kind of got to the Premier League and made such a mess of it that we're, we're almost like, well, do we do? We don't really want to do that again. We don't want to go down because it'll be League One. So, but, you know, lesser of two evils, let's go to League One and at least we might have a chance. Um, but I, I'm with you, Matt. I think going down would be, overall, would be absolutely disastrous. So this, for me, this January is, is a hell of a lot bigger than, you know, a six-month thing for me. This could be long-term, 10 years or so. Oof, God, that. No, it's, uh, I think team people have got, a, I don't know if anyone's looked at a League One league table anytime soon. We've got, Markham, Cambridge, Port Vale, Jesus, and, and Sheffield. If you look this season, it's incredible. Sheffield Wednesday, I think they're about twenty unbeaten, but they're still not. I don't think they're in the top two yet because, like, this Plymouth Ipswich no, Wednesday, they're just third. Like, I'm just 
Yeah, yeah Plymouth and, are such a decent, aren't they? Joint, joint yeah. second with uh, Ipswich. Well, obviously, Barnsley, I suppose if you refer to that, pod, like you said, for the young players to come up, but like I said, Matt, you know, they'd just be picked off, wouldn't they, and stuff like that. Even a Pat Jones would be, I would have thought, probably highly. Yeah, yeah Kamara's, Kamara would be gone, Sauber Thomas would be gone. Yeah, yeah any, Billy, anyone anyone worth any money will be gone because you take Phillips, you know Richlow back and, and Danny Grant and what have you. You lose you lose four million pounds of TV money. Uh, Canal side cost, apparently costs five or six million pound a year to run. Um, yeah, where do you get that five or six million pound a year from when you've had four million stripped from you? Know? If you think before when we were in it, we were kind of not saying we were the the big hitters, but I suppose we were. We we were the ones pumping the money, and we were there. Keith, Keith Hill was it Keith Hill the Rochdale manager he described as described as as the Man United of League One didn't he which, <laughs> yeah, which, we which I loved we, which we I loved at the time money around back then we, we did actually we did do a lot of money around that level yeah Derby well, County down there as well you know about the intensity of the fan base the atmosphere was so odd today and yeah I think a lot of it probably New Year's Eve and drink and what have you and stuff that a lot, a lot of people most people were driving rather than a few beers but it were weird. If you cast your mind back, bloody hell, that, in, that iconic picture for me, all right, it didn't matter in the end, but Toffolo on, on people's shoulders, these flares going off mm. there. The intensity is there. It's like you say, completed football, but maybe it's maybe people haven't got that intensity to, you know, we've... we've it's not the hunger. I don't, I don't think it's completed football. I, th- I think it's just, we made such a mess of it. And when we went up, we had to get everything absolutely right. And it was just such an impossible playing field, wasn't it? We were so we were unwanted for a start. And the media was horrendous. The agenda against us was awful. And it's it was just a miserable experience. And it's not so much completed football. It's just like, in the current guise, why would we want to go back there again to be as miserable as we were? I think a lot of people find it. Yeah. Um, but under different ownership and different structures, it could be completely different. It could be worse, or it could be. But, much better, but it's interesting, Matt. I think where were it now? I saw somewhere, you know, and sometimes on the iPhone, if the noise is so loud, it, it kind of comes up with a message, doesn't it? Saying, "Oh yeah, you know, your, your phone's going to blow up." And I just <laughs> like the noise. Even last season, Pods, and, and I, I think if you kind of measure decibels compared to like obviously the infamous promotion season, but I, I don't think. When he got the 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 the, the, the kind of the backing, nothing is anywhere near. No, we're totally, totally, totally different. Nowhere near. You mentioned no. about the day because on again the internal communication like guys kind of moving on and not up for it and and this that and the other. And it's it's a bit sad, really. We've lost as younger the Luton fans today. It were unbelievable. They were like you could actually hear players shouting on pitch. I've never known that yeah. ever since we've been in that south stand and and we were I think we were winning at the time. So it's. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a shame, isn't it? That hunger from the fan base. I know Fothering are the best fans in the league. That's bollocks, isn't it? But it's like just trying to get us on side. But it's, it's things have changed. And it, I find it really sad, really. You know, I, I'm not saying Sean Jarvis, obviously, blesses its soul in the fan base and we're building this, that, and the other and stuff. And yeah, it's good numbers. So we're season cards. But I just think the all round everything is, it's almost like you, you're back to them stages now where you're in the town centre at half two in a, Boozer and a lot of the lads are like, I watch it and I fall, I sack it off. I'm not asked. And yeah, I think the the problem with I think I think the problem was like my mate who I go with sacked it off recently because he's not felt particularly great and he hasn't really wanted to drag himself out of the house to to go and sit in the cold and not feel particularly well watching town. But for people, it's just the only thing a lot of people do is get in the car, go to the football, go home, and there's not a lot. If if that's what you go to football for, like I do that, and 
it's not exactly enticing, is it? And I think the culture of Huddersfield fans is, yeah. And there's not a lot really to to go for unless the football's decent for a lot mm. of people, if you know what I mean. So I think with a lot of clubs, there's um, there's different things. There's so, social aspects out there that are better at other clubs. The entertainment around the grounds are better at other clubs. Town try, and you know you can only spend so much money, and it's difficult to difficult to get people to part with theirs, isn't it? But I think the just the match day experience at the minute is too centered around winning games um, to to get everybody back, and and yeah. it's it's difficult. And I think there's a lot of people still really disillusioned with how we fell out of the Premier League and how we and how we um, managed ourselves after the fallout of the Premier League because that Premier League we, we thought would have set the club up for years to have a good tilt at the Championship and maybe get back up and yeah okay third season we kind of did it in a sort of net but the, the way that we did it was probably more like the first time we got promoted under Wagner you know with a low wage bill with players of not the highest ability, you know, going at it hundred percent rather than mm. I think what they expected. And that was to be able to go down, pinch a few decent players off people and have a bit of a swagger. So I think there's a lot of things, there's a lot of balls, a lot of reasons why it's not, not great, but again, it, things change with time and cycles, don't they? And I think if it, it I think the reset that we need is off the field and different ideas in yeah. the boardroom and, Different people, different voices, and I think people will come back and get excited again. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, like Sunderland, I mean, it's a bad example because they've always been a well-supported club, in my opinion, but they've got their hunger back, haven't they, now? They've kind of had a few years yeah. with this. They're, they're in the right direction. They've obviously lost your mate, Mr. Sims, but it's like everywhere they're going, they're checking four or 5,000 if they can get their hands on the ticket, 6,000 fans, and it's, they feel like they're on a journey where ours has been weird. We've gone on a journey down and... It, there's nothing more powerful than when you go to the games, you think your clubs are kind of on the up. And I think the problem even last season, Matt, we talked about it just before, I think the playoff final might have been semi-final, but it's like, it just felt, again, a boom and bust scenario. And it's panned out like that. It's like, why nothing ever's kind of been built on, but, but I suppose... We, we can't... Yes. Huddersfield Town doesn't turn off. This is why I keep going about commercials and I know you find it boring, but Huddersfield Town has to turn over a certain amount of money to be able to be competitive at this level otherwise it will be a case of selling players and booming and busting it's just the way it is unfortunately that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see how a different ownership model will will try and work things around with us but because there's I, I don't think like I say commercially we I don't think Huddersfield Town do enough really for um, the level that we're at but it's difficult when you're in an area like ours, which isn't exactly affluent, is it? So it's one, I know it's a tough sell, isn't it? So one thing we do enough on, and again, I want to mention that for the memorial game on uh, Wednesday. I mean, to me, it's always very chilling to see some of them names on this. Yeah, on the some of them you recognize from away games, don't you? You think, oh, I've seen him. He's black, you know, like even people that have worked for us, obviously, Ellie yeah. Egg, and, and it's you know, I'm always kind of really touched like with the I would say to the guys, well, hopefully I'm not planning going anywhere soon, but like I want to be on there, you know, when my time's up. And I think it's really nice. I remember mentioning it to Sean. I'd like to take a bit of credit for kind of bringing it. I nicked, nicked it from Burnley. And I remember going to a game at Burnley, random game, and this happened. But honestly, I just think it's, you You look there and, you, and all, I, all I think, wow, these guys, like, like of all the people, it means everything for the most of the time. These are the people who brought their you know, family down over the years. And you do, you walk out there thinking, wow, this is, it means so much to so many people. There's other suits, and I think that's why it is. And it is a as a group, yeah. a big fan base. When we're when we struggle, mm. because 
it's it's incredibly simple. It means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, like I saw a tweet as well, Cosy, that um, uh, someone who listens to to us uh, every now and then, Andy Lawson, who's you know quite prominent. Yeah, I, his dad, I think his, his dad was on there, which you know. So we send, you know, we'd send our best, don't we, to everybody who's lost someone. You know, me and Poz have lost, you know dads over the last couple of years and it's difficult mm. and you know we, we empathize a lot to everybody that's fortunately had someone uh pop up on this on the board and i think the eleanor haig thing has been really felt across uh across the club and with the fans as well because she was such a, a bubbly lovely sort of personality that came across didn't it via her interviews and her interview style and it was it was nice to see the media room named after her as well yeah. so there's a, a permanent memorial and that's a, a nice touch and there are certain things, you know, we we can sit here and slag Huddersfield Town off to the till the cows come home, but there are things that Huddersfield Town do very, very well, which not a lot of other clubs do well, and they do things like that very well, Huddersfield, and it, it does at time feel like a family at the football club, doesn't it? And you know, and you see you see all these faces pop up, and you feel like you know them, don't you? And mm. and and I think the club do acknowledge that and do do act mm. um what's, what's do act well. Hearing? Michael Effort. Yeah, right. Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's gone there. Yeah, Quite that good. was the next. That was the next thing. Uh, the only thing I'll say on, on Michael Heffler is, if as a football club you you keep your promises and treat uh, people well, then your cult heroes don't leave. Um, and that's the only thing I'm going to say on Michael Heffler. Um, I'm, I was disappointed to see him leave. Not, not so much. I, I've seen a lot of snarky sort of messages, sort of saying, "Oh, he's become the greatest coach in the world," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not. It's not about that, is it? It's about mm. when Michael Heffler came back. There was a, an instant good feeling, wasn't there, amongst the fan base? It was a, a good move from Phil, because you know he immediately bought him a, a lot of credit in it with the fan base, and uh, having Heff back was it, and having him on Sky and things like that makes. It just makes a difference um, as a town fan, doesn't it? To have someone like that around the place and talking and, and doing things and having a good reminder, constant good reminder about those t- those times five years ago. And and like I say, from from what I saw, he, he you know he was he'd wanted to be coaching and he was and he wasn't doing that. And Carlos Corbrands offered him a a first team role, um, and it's, it betters his career. So. You know, good luck to Hef. It's a shame to lose his his face from around the football club, isn't it? But you know, we move on. We've still got Boothy. Boothy's not going anywhere, hopefully. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're, obviously Boothy's solid, isn't he? But yeah, it's a shame for me. Uh, it's a shame, but you know, I, st- I still think we'll probably see Michael Heffler back um, one day in a different role at the club. So, who knows? Hey. Eh? Yeah, I think uh, the timing of it, obviously, we've had a decent this Christmas with the results, but when it Christmas Eve, when it came out, then it was just after, or was it, was it, it wasn't before the Watford game, it was, I think it was just, it was just like, oh my God, it like the club's falling apart, et cetera. But I think like you said there, Matt, it's not a matter of that, it's, you know, someone's been told this was going to happen and it hadn't happened. And the, the, the one thing that was always weird for me, all of a sudden, F was here, there and everywhere. And it was like, uh, it just disappeared. We didn't see him on anything, really. I went to some of their B-team games, nowhere to be seen. So there obviously was something funny going on in the, in the background. But it's a big shame to uh, to lose a big uh, cult hero. And uh, 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, I saw something nice in that as well. I didn't know if you, didn't, if you know, did you see Peter Jackson? Did you see that tweet that was, uh, it's around, he, he visited uh, somebody in uh, Young Kai, I think it, in an hospital and that as well. And uh, he just turned up out of like, <laughs> just to visit someone to Peter Jackson because he, lo- he loved Huddersfield, like this guy in his town shirt and that as well. And I just thought, when you've got people like that who's like, loves the club and, and stuff, and even, you know, has left being twice as a manager and that as well. It's that's what it's about for me. It's just like Odersfield Town is in the blood, isn't it, for some people and stuff. But it's about professional uh, careers, Matt. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's got a good opportunity, hasn't it? So yeah, I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a Huddersfield Town fan alive that wouldn't wish Michael Effler the best was going forward. No, and, and his right. closing speech was fair enough, wasn't it? Just kind of you know wishing everyone all the best and stuff as well. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's been a strange season and that about summed it up for me just seeing that before Christmas but yeah I don't think it's going to be replaced Matt with one ambassador's enough in it <laughs> yeah enough Ferreira rushes to hang around isn't there <laughs> um, but I think that's it really for us this this week we've tried to cram a lot in um, didn't really want the Luton game to be as negative as what I thought it might have come across because I thought we were pretty pretty decent for a lot of that it's just a shame we we lost that one but six points out of nine guys I think if you'd have said that Pre-Christmas, guys, I think you'd have, hey, would have been guys, absolutely oh, delighted. Guys, oh, listen, guys, listen. Yeah, listen. Oh, uh, Dwayne, Ho- Dwayne Holmes post-match said that earlier today, and I did, I did wonder whether he dropped it. In <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, listen, like yeah, like the uh, Mark Fotheringham video as well online. Um, I feel quite disappointed that only about eighty people like that, and I need your validation. It took ages. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> a lot of managers have been commenting on how. How much clarity we've got, and because he loves it, because he's, I think which is it's got to be clarity, hasn't it? Clarity, clarity, <laughs> intensity is Lee Clark phrase. Lee Clark used to say, "Don't get too high when you win and too low when you lose." He's, he's stolen that from Lee Clark, who was <laughs> his assistant manager at Norwich, so I can see where he's he's got it from. Billich um, comes in the. So I think <laughs> that. So you're the young man that everyone yeah. in Germany is talking about. <laughs> this is Will Boyle. He said that. Bilic, oh, Will Boyle. That's kind of uh, what, what I loved about that story is he said, Oh, Slava Bilic came in and said, Listen, I can see. <laughs> I just had vision to Slava Bilic coming Boyle. in. How much is his Bilic clothes? But great. So, the good thing is we're, we're smiling and laughing again. We weren't doing that when we were the podcast no. before Christmas. So six points, Huddersfield Town in the mix. Preston um, again, Saturday. Oof. January is massive. Um, happy, new, ha- happy New Year to everyone and uh, up the town. There's a team that is dear to its followers. Colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? 
And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory So town play up And bring that car back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the car Back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite ninetieth minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 